The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. Today I am joined by two officials from the town of Bluffton. We have with us Lisa Sulka. Lisa is mayor of the town of Bluffton. Lisa, how are you today? I'm doing great. A little chilly, but I'm doing <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> on the morning we are recording this, the weather has taken, on this November morning, the weather has taken a turn for the cooler. There was a little bit of chill in the air. Well, you guys are in Bluffton. I'm in Columbia. There was a little bit of chill in the air this morning. We also have with us Bridget Frazier. Bridget is a member of the Bluffton Town Council. Bridget, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. I'm very happy to have you on with us. This is another one of the podcasts on the Municipal Association's 2022 Achievement Awards. And for these awards, Town of Bluffton won in the public safety category. Um, the project in this case was a multifaceted program to help prevent police officer suicide through various officer wellness programs, a mental health assistance efforts. Um, Mayor, you do the column in the Bluffton paper, the mayor's memos, and I noted that on November 4th, the column had information on the reflection plaza at the Bluffton Police Department. Yes, it was, you know, it's a little separate from and I'll let Bridget talk about the whole idea of our our um, mental health advocate and all, but I will mm -hmm. talk about that reflection plaza, which fit into the award. It was an area I was very focused on in trying to get somewhere for our officers to have a place to go. And my simple idea was a tree, <laughs> you know, with the bench mm -hmm. and we lost an officer to suicide. He and I were connected at the hip during Matthew, and I really got to know him well. It was a blow, and you realize officers don't talk, and they don't have a place to sit and relax and think. And so at the, our department just took it to the next step. If we're not mm -hmm. just going to do a tree whole garden, and we're going to do a grilling area, and I love how they take things to the next level. With um, It's important to me for, for all of us, first responders, everyone in the town, but but this was just a little part of the, the bigger picture. Well, the, um, I, I, the first formal question I have for the two of you, can, can you walk us through everything we're talking about, all the goals with, because there's a lot going on with these, with this project. Well, I think Bridget, why don't you jump in? Because Bridget brought this up at our budget budget time Absolutely. last year and if Bridget can really give the gist of what we expect to see in the entire program. Sure so um, really the inspiration behind the program stemmed from a need of what was being seen on a, a local and a national scale really in regards to the community and uh, law enforcement officers when it came to issues surrounding mental health. And um, what sparked it uh, particularly for me was the events surrounding the death of George Floyd and also a local um, 
individual in a neighboring community who uh, was having a manic episode. And when law enforcement came out and other emergency responders um, who did not know how to handle or, you know, diffuse that type of situation, that gentleman died from that through, through the response there. And so for me, it became a way of looking at how do we address two issues? And one is how do we help mitigate these situations to where we don't thrust officers into a situation that they aren't trained for or they they do not have the the depth to be able to to handle that and so we put them in a precarious situation to where they have to respond in, in the way that they've been conditioned to which doesn't always yield a, a great um, outcome and the other situation was how do we help citizens who are in distress and are not involved in some type of criminal act and need the assistance of someone with that mental health background and mm -hmm. so the creation of the program was to kind of be like a multifaceted um, approach to be able to address that. And the main route was being able to have a mental health advocate on staff that could be able to assist in those various ways. And through that aim, we're able to help our officers, which they can definitely have that sense of relief knowing that they are receiving support like that, that mm -hmm. we are not placing them into these situations and instances where when something goes awry, they're automatically going to be blamed, but then we didn't give them the tools they needed to come out of that successful. And it's also helpful because that advocate can in turn help us be able to train a crisis team to be able to respond. And I'm speaking of, you know, where the program is going to be going if, in future, mm -hmm. but a crisis team can respond to that. You know, if you call and say, hey, my child or I might be you know, feeling manic right now and I don't know what to do, can I get help? Well, we don't want to just send an officer out there because you're not a criminal, but you are admitting that you have a, a need at the moment, you're in distress, and we want to be able to focus on how do we get that wellness and how do we follow up? Because we're not just going to send someone out there, we're also wanting to follow up to make sure you're in touch with our mental health partners throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Bridget, I'm I'm curious, who are some of the partners who've come together for this? Um, one of the greatest resources is NAMI, and um, they are a national association around uh, mental health, and mm -hmm. they have branches in every part of this country. And what they do is through NAMI, they have an even larger cohort of therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists on their team. So, mm -hmm. um, and I have an, an individual personally who went through this this uh, this program in a similar situation. And what NAMI does is when you go in through your appointment, they peer you up with a, th with a therapist. They also peer you up with a psychiatrist um, to help get you a diagnosis. And then they help get you on um, a regimen of medicine. Of, of whatever prescribed medicine is going to be best for your situation, but they don't just give you something and that's it. They track you to make sure the medication that you're using is one that is responding well based on your treatment process. And that therapist also stays with you, whether you start off in the beginning of doing a, a twice a week, a weekly, and you progress into, you know, the amount of time that, that best suits you, but they stay with you because it becomes a, a, a monthly thing. We understand that 
those dealing with mental illness is no different than a person dealing with a chronic illness. It's not mm -hmm. a one and done. It's a continual thing. And uh, NAMI is a great resource because they also work with individuals who do not have insurance. And they uh, work with you to put you on a, a sliding pay scale. So if you come in and say, well, this is my income, they don't turn you away. Because um, mm -hmm. we know mental health has taken serious funding cuts. And to be able to have a resource like that, that we can direct people to that works with them, regardless of where they are financially, um, I think is such a great benefit to have because we can't do it on our own. We have to have partners like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know some of the things that really jumped out at me with this project and beyond everything we've talked about so far, I was wondering if you all could talk more on, on for the police side on the resilience training. And the thing that I was very surprised and I thought was incredibly cool was the sabbatical benefit for the officers. Can you talk about some of that? Um, yeah, I'll give that I'll Okay. Yeah. And it is something that pre really this initiative for the mental health advocate, mm -hmm. we've always been proactive with our police department. We don't, we don't control the fire department. So our first responders at the town budgets is our Bluffton police department. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely a different breed of, of person because, you know, they, they have to go home and be with their families and then they have to come in and they have to write tickets or see these issues that Bridget's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so the health and wellness has been been around. The the sabbatical, the really focus has just been recently, maybe you need to take a day or two off, really for them to kind of de just kind of decompress. Mm -hmm. And and I I've seen and I'm interested this next uh, our upcoming strategic plan to get more updates on, on all of these things. What are the, what's the return of investment? Because we are allowing officers to take a little bit of a break. Um, I know several that have really come out recently and said they've had some issues with their mental wellness, which all of us do, and taken that needed just get away and not feel like they're, they're shunned or mm -hmm. talked about has been, has been really, really great. Their workout area that, Several officers actually came in and really um, upgraded. We have a workout facility in the police mm -hmm. department. Um, counseling, that's across town, town staff, have that ability to get that free, uh, they call it EAP, but I think it's employee assistance training or something. The, in that Employee assistance program is usually program. the EAP. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. And, you know, I think the key in all of this is getting people to talk not holding it in and having the courage to talk about it and know you're not the only one dealing with it. And once our officers get that, this, this step that we really want to include, which is going out into the community, now they'll know how to treat and how to act and who to bring in and not be fearful that, you know, oh, if I can't do it, I'm going to be ridiculed. Pushing our cops to go and volunteer with our, we have a parks and leisure services. They're always looking for coaches, just getting these cops mm -hmm. into the community. I think all of it combined is going to help be a healthier system. I, the sabbatical benefit I thought was so cool. And also the fact that they are in fact taking it. Um, right. And I'll give you a good example. Um, we lost an officer, like I told you, and 
the group that was really with me during Matthew came together with our chaplains. We also had chaplains. So we have that mm-hmm. religious aspect of it too, that's really there to help. And I sat around the room and not, not a one of them were shedding a tear. I was crying. And I realized right there, you, y'all compartmentalize everything. And this has been pushed off way back in your psyche somewhere. And three of those officers were this man's best friends. So they had to deal with, why didn't I see the signs? Did I see the signs? I've and two of those have taken this sabbatical. So I'm kind of watching outside in and I see, and I'm just hopeful it works. Absolutely. Bridget, I, I, I think you had something for for this part of the discussion as well right so i as mayor said we've always been kind of proactive in our approach with our officers in addition to being extremely supportive Mm -hmm. but it's also recognizing that you know we're in a a, an ever-changing landscape and one of the most crucial components of every community is and are there emergency responders, you know, particularly the police officers falls under our umbrella. And we want to ensure that we not only are recruiting some of the best of the best to be able to stay and help shape and develop and and be a part of our community, but that we're also able to retain them. And in a job that is so high stress, it is a very demanding job. We want to ensure that we're not just bringing them here, but we're giving them resources and tools that supporting them, that they're going to be able to stay here and they're going to be able to have that endurance and also be able to feel supported in that job. And so you get to see the officers responses and the excitement, even with the the new course that we have coming up where they get to um, be able to enjoy an, an obstacle course level of physical training. And mm-hmm. they have the, the gym uh, perk right now that they're able to, to take advantage of. And I just think being able to, to build and um, offer items like that makes them feel also and show them how valued they are. And we're not expecting them to be these uh, these mythical creatures. We recognize that they are human beings and we want them to see themselves as that too. And so having mm-hmm. all of the perks and different things that we're offering um, kind of is a reminder to that for them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to talk to you about, well, one thing the Achievement Awards always try to do is to highlight valuable programs that other cities and towns across the state can do something with. So for for this one, I was curious if, if, if one of the other cities is looking at this and thinking, oh, we should do something like this, they are at some point going to be thinking about the funding. So my question to you is, how has the funding worked? What kind of budgetary impact does all of this have? Well, I'll speak to the, the position, and then I'll let Mayor speak to the um, the program offerings. She's definitely well-versed in that. In terms of how do you work it into the budget for the mental health advocate position that came online, it was just a matter of looking at the positions that we offer and putting it under the umbrella of that particular department. So mm-hmm. it was kind of creating, you know that there's a need for the position. 
being able to create what that job role, that job description looks like, and then uh, coming up with a salary comparable to, you know, what's what's in the area and what f- for that particular position mm. and placing that into the budget year as a new employee, as a new um, hire, because we recognize the long-term benefits of even having that role in the sense of with the occurrences and things that take place when there are issues of mental health and there isn't the correct response to it and towns end up be you know being held liable in those instances um those are financial deficits that have bankrupted some towns and we were like if we could get ahead of it and mitigate it and the funding is there by just creating a position um, we're actually saving over the long run, not just in terms of finances, but we're also saving here with retention of the officers. And we're also mm-hmm. saving here in our community wellness as we're able to help intervene in these instances of crisis. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the mayor, the mayor could definitely speak to the funding on the programs. Yeah. And, you know, and I've talked to a lot of small, t- I grew up in a small town. I sound like John Mellencamp. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was in a small town. I mean, 500 people. There are a lot mm-hmm. of towns in this state, and I hope this goes nationally, but there are a lot of towns in this state that rely on the sheriff's department that may have one officer. We, When I moved to Bluffton, we only had one officer. Um, we had a very small budget. But I think, and what I would go on the road to talk about this is as important as creating a place to create small business enhancement. You don't have to do it the way we're fortunate that we live in an area where we have a community that is willing to spend almost half our budget on law enforcement because they believe in public safety. But you can. So that's us. And it goes exactly what Bridget says. We have we do have the funding that we can be more proactive in ways to keep things from bubbling and up and bankrupting us, literally. Mm-hmm. So how can a small town do it? You know, utilize NAMI, utilize, do some research and utilize those outside groups that get funding elsewhere and partner with them at least to start it so you can incrementally budget over a period of time to be able to afford to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I just think ways to do it. If we can educate on, look at what things have cost you, you know, it's like an allowance, just just budget in little by little, utilize your community resources, utilize employees you have that maybe have that Mm -hmm. background, or hire your next hire, hire the person that has a little bit of this social work background. So, can't be done everywhere. Multi, okay, get towns together. Bring several towns. I grew up in Prosperity. Within that little world of Newberry County, you have six small towns come together as a group. We believe in it. And we're just fortunate right now to have this focus on public safety and mental mental. So that's how I think you could do it to smaller towns in our state. And I can say that going from here, and I've, I've already heard Bridget talk some about some of the items that are coming down the pipe and all of this, this whole push, what is, what is next? What is in the future? Well, well I'm sure. going to bridge what's in the future because this is Bridget's baby. So <laughs> uh, Bridget, you're it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So in the future, as we talked about, um, we definitely want this program to um, make sure it reverts back to some of the original intent, which is doing and immersing completely into the community. So long term, we do see a full crisis response team that's trained to go out um, to handle these calls where we have citizens who are experiencing moments of distress. Um, and it's even ex even expected to be expanded to. We also do follow-up calls, not just with those who are experiencing a mental health uh, crisis, but also those who are, if there's a call that a gentleman or, you know, someone, a resident has, has stolen, you know, a, a pack of meat or something from a grocery store that, yes, that person has committed a crime and will maybe arrested and taken to jail, what have you. But it's also going to be a follow up call with social services to see exactly what's going on, knowing that a person who's doing something like that, there's obviously uh, another uh, issue. There's another connection going on because we look at the community in a holistic approach that when one of us is in distress or is in turmoil, it does affect or should affect all of us. And so we want to make sure that we're not just giving opportunities for one group to be able to be supported and to be able to have um, moments of intervention. We want to be able to provide that for everyone. And so a full crisis team does that. And that's the mental health advocate we have now a social worker, uh, which we hope to bring on at some point, and also um, an officer who will be focused solely just in that particular um, role because it's it's definitely needed and it's a way to kind of get around the only time residents are interacting with officers is that of a punitive measure. And the same thing for the officers. The only time they get to interact with someone is in a punitive um, measure. And we want it, we want that dialogue to change as much as possible in the sense of officers are not just, you know, there to exact punishment or deal with criminals, they are there as a support system. When we all think of issues or if something happens or goes awry, the first call that everyone wants to make is 911. And so we want to make sure that with that type of leverage that we're also using it in a way that people can remove the stigma of fearing officers or thinking that they're just in trouble or something bad's going to happen and realizing that they are there as an arm of the community to kind of be able to help them. For the mental health advocate, how long has the mental health advocate been on the job now? Yeah, I was going to actually chime in on top of Bridget. We're just about to see her first year report. So um, not, not a year plus or minus too many days. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what her workload is, what she's done. We're, you know, we want to support her and see, and she's going to be helpful in where we want to expand as well, you know, mm -hmm. and getting from us. But that, that should be coming soon. And, you know, we'll have our strategic plan coming up really soon. And that, that will be a topic on her update. Okay. Okay. For every city and town that wins an achievement award, I always ask this question. You guys have been so thoughtful in your responses that we have already been talking about advice for other cities and towns. So, um, so, so kind of to reiterate that point, how would you articulate what the other municipalities around South Carolina 
what they could learn from Bluffton's vision and experience with all of this. You want to start, um, Bridget? Yeah, I will say that it's definitely not a one size fits all motif, but I would say to take the approach and what we did, and it's more so looking at your community, identifying what needs exist there and thinking outside Mm -hmm. of the box in a way that um, true response in terms of public policy should be in ways of how do we mitigate? Like, how do we look ahead? We don't want to just respond to a problem when it's a problem because by then it's already too late. Um, This initiative is a way of being able to get ahead of things and being able to make ourselves um, more competitive in the sense of we want people to feel valued in this town and we want, uh, whether it's officers or citizens or whomever, we want people to want to belong here. And one of the ways in doing that is by coming up and creating and implementing uh, programs that show that we're not just waiting on someone else to kind of say, hey, you should do this. We're leading the way by identifying a benefit to our community and to those who are working, serving, and living in the community. So I would encourage them to challenge themselves in that way and not being afraid of going against, you know, a certain stigma or status quo, but uh, being a leader in the sense of doing what they see is going to be a benefit to their uh, community, even if it is challenging, I would say get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. And I would offer them, they, you know, our towns have come to us many, many times after these awards and we've done a lot of tours. We've given a lot of information. The one thing about Bluffton is we're willing to drain our brain. (laughs) why recreate the wheel you know Mm -hmm. and we won't we're very proud of our awards that we win we put a lot of sweat we put a lot of a lot of energy in Mm -hmm. in doing the right thing to get to the point that we're finally up in this world of getting these awards Mm -hmm. so come talk to us let us come meet hannah come meet sit with bridget you know somebody said the other day instead of mental health and wellness and this could be a good idea for other towns Maybe it's our people and the future of law enforcement. The one mm-hmm. thing about the state is we love our officers and we love our first responders. And, and they have to get to a place that they can be more confident to talk about it. They can be more compassionate. It doesn't have to be a black and white, no gray. You know, that's your, that's your military. That's your police force. Mm-hmm. And what Bridget said, it, instead of the punitive side of it, it makes a whole community healthy and education and community health. So put the people first and include our law enforcement. So one of the words I picked up on, um, Bridget used the word competitive and I'm very glad she did because she caused me to realize that I have overlooked one of the questions I asked that I intended to ask, which is I, I believe that this focus in the in the Bluffton Police Department has impacted recruitment that it's something that you have heard about from new recruits that they are glad that this is something that Bluffton is doing mm-hmm. it is and you know we have a lot of competing interests around us that want our officers um, <laughs> and they move mm-hmm. and they only move five miles away and or five feet away um, and I think 
it's not taken away of their innate sense of wanting to chase down the bad guy, do those things, mm-hmm. but not the bad guy. There are bad guys. And then there are people that need to trust our men and women to make that call. And they have to trust Hannah to say, I need help or my son needs help. And I think that's a trust that the trust is going to be the key in this working that they will make that call. So it's getting our police department to know you can still chase the people, but then you got to kind of turn the switch and they there's judgment. And I've noticed it in our, our police reports. We get a lot mm-hmm. of judgment calls lately. So I think it's working. Okay. Bridget, what are your thoughts on that? I didn't mean to take over that whole answer. <laughs> no, maybe I agree. Cause I, 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 res- I responded and you, you came right back and, and summed it all up. Yeah. Here you go. Well, as um, as as we wrap things up, any any final thoughts? I um, you know, you, you mentioned that that you do hear from the other towns, so I, I imagine you've you fielded questions. I imagine you're you're happy to get other to get questions from other officials. I'm happy to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, with that, I I thank you guys so much for taking this time to explain all of this. I. In these conversations, I always manage to learn something new, and I certainly have this time. And I can say, in terms of learning, uh, the time is coming up for the 2023 Achievement Awards. So for those who are interested in learning about all the awards that were won in 2022, Bluffton and otherwise, that you can go to our website, www.masc, search for Achievement Awards. You can find the information on all of these. As always, for the Municipal Associations podcast, you can find us on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible. With that, uh, Lisa, Bridget, thank you guys so much for taking the time to share all of this with us. I think this has been a great discussion. I love Absolutely. Talking. You just Thanks us for including us. Ask us anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.